Well, praise the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, praise the Lord. Come on, the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are so excited to be here with you today. It's such a privilege, such an honor. And uh, I just feel at home here with you guys. I'm excited and, and believing God's going to do something very special. How many just came hungry and thirsty today? How many, how many came expecting to receive from heaven today? Hallelujah. God has something very special for you. And uh, I believe he's going to touch many people today in a profound way. Uh, my wife and I, we just got back from South Africa. We actually just left as Pastor Nick and Misty were were coming in, and uh, so we had a great trip. We we had over we had 20 meetings, and uh, we just saw God move so powerful. We were there 25 days, 20 meetings, and two out outreaches. We we did evangelism boot camps and training. We hit the streets and the community and the beach, and the harvest of souls was so overwhelming. It was incredible. It just it, South Africa messed me. It was our first time there, and it messed me up in the most beautiful way. The people were so hungry and so open to the gospel. They're just waiting for somebody to share the good news with them. It was so awesome. And so we can't wait to go back. I just want to, I don't know if they're watching now or maybe watching later, but Pastor uh, Nicholas and Misty, we love you so much. It's, it's such an honor for us to be here. Thank you for having us come and uh, just be a part of that and trusting us. Uh, with your family here, we do not take it lightly. We love you. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Can we give, can we give a big praise to your pastors? No. No, because I, I don't know if you realize what you got, because I travel everywhere. We're in churches every week all, all over the world. And so it, you don't realize what you have until you're in another church and then you come back to pure church and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can preach today. Yeah, there's freedom. There's liberty. There's joy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. There's joy. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So we are just so excited to be here. I'm going to preach a message on the anointing today. Everybody say the anointing. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you that your word goes forth like a, like a fire and like a hammer. I thank you, Lord, that you just open every heart to receive, that you open every ear to hear what the, what the Spirit of God is saying today. Thank you, Lord, that you just use me as a vessel unto honor. Give me utterance in the Holy Ghost, I pray. Make my tongue the pen of a ready writer in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And the Bible says here, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and his fame went out through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, 
because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Everybody say, he has anointed me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And then 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an unction, or you could say an anointing, from the Holy One, and you know all things. And then 1 John 2.27 says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abideth in you. And you have no need that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth and is no lie, even it has taught you, you shall abide in Him. The anointing. What is the anointing? The anointing is the manifested power in presence of God. See, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But it doesn't mean that His presence is going to be manifested everywhere. You can go to the highest points of the Rocky Mountains. God will be there. You can go to the deepest depths of the Atlantic. God will be there. But it does not mean that His presence will be manifested there. When the anointing comes, it's like the very atmosphere begins to change. There's like a shift in the atmosphere. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just like you're in those deep times of worship and the glory of God is flooding the house. And it's like you could almost take a knife and just cut the air because the atmosphere is so thick. What is that? That's the tangible power and presence of God. It's the anointing. And we can't afford to do church without the anointing. We can't afford to do our Christian life without the anointing. We need the anointing, not just for a church service, but for every area of our life. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, so the anointing is very special. Everywhere that I go, I'm looking for the anointing. In the church service, I'm looking for the anointing. In the praise and worship, I'm looking for the anointing. I'm always looking for the anointing, and I'm very sensitive to the anointing because you can have worship going on, but it's just a bunch of noise. Hey, they sound great, but zero anointing, zero presence of God. You can have all the lights, all the sound, the greatest music, the, the most awesome talent, but have absolutely zero anointing. Are you with me? And so I could care less about the talent because talent is about a performance. But with the anointing, there's a flow. And we have to hook up to God's flow. We have to hook up with him. Today, this is his service. He can do whatever he wants to do. I'm just the glove on his hand. And I'll just hook up. And as he leads me and guides me, I'm just going to hook up with that flow and ride that wave. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So it's the anointing is what separates Christianity from every other religion. See, religion and tradition, that's why when Jesus stood up to read, and when he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, everybody's eyes were fastened upon Jesus. Why? Because they had never heard talk come like that. They've heard the minister, the theologians, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they heard people just read from the law and the Torah and things like that. But when Jesus 
stood up and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. There was something different in the atmosphere. There was a different sound that was coming from his voice. It was the power and presence of God. It was the anointing. So everybody's eyes are fastened upon him. Wait, wait a minute. Is it, this is, isn't this Joseph's boy? Isn't this Mary's boy? See, the anointing will cause some problems, but the anointing will produce some results. It's for every area of your life. I don't care what God's called you to. If you're, if you're a teacher, if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're, if you're a student, if you're a businessman or woman, the anointing is for you. And the anointing will help you excel in that area that God has called you to. We need the anointing for every area of our life because the anointing is practical. It's not spooky or mystical. The anointing is actually very practical. It's where God comes and puts his super on your natural, and then you begin to walk and move in the supernatural. And I'm looking at a room for a people that are going to get filled with the anointing of the Holy Ghost today, and you're going to leave this place, and you're going to walk in a greater measure, a greater level in the anointing than you've ever seen before. The anointing. It's the presence of God. It's God's, his fingerprint on an individual. It's when God comes and brands you. The word anointing in the Greek means charisma. It's anything smeared on or accented uh, of an ointment of thicker consistency than sweet oil or perfume. You know, even when we lay hands on people and we use oil and and things like that. There's nothing special about the oil itself, but it's who the oil represents. And the oil represents the Holy Spirit. People think Jesus did what he did on the earth for his three and a half years of earthly ministry because he was God in the flesh, because of his deity. But Jesus didn't operate out of his deity. Jesus was fully God, fully man, but he submitted to the Father. He said, I only, see, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. In 30 years, he's on the earth. No signs, no wonders, no miracles, no preaching, no teaching, nothing. Suddenly, he goes down to the Jordan River, gets baptized by John the Baptist, comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit comes like a dove, rests on Jesus. We sung that song, Holy Spirit, come and rest on us. Come and rest on us. The Holy Spirit comes and anoints Jesus. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. I'm telling you, there is an anointing on your life. God wants to use your mouth, your hands, your feet as his mouth, hands and feet. Everywhere you go, Monday through Saturday. Can you guys hear me out there? If you don't like me, I think there's a couple other ministers coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. And if you don't like them, your pastors will be here. They'll be back. And if you don't like your pastors, 
You can stay after service and I'll cast the devil out of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, it's in the anointing that we receive everything that we need from the Lord. Whatever you need, it's right here, it's right now, it's found in the presence of God. You just reach out by your faith and receive and take it and say, yes, it's mine, I receive it, I take that. I, yeah, you, you, by your faith. The, the Bible says the violent, take it by force. So you, so you reach out and receive whatever you need. That's, what, that's what's so awesome about the anointing. That's so, what's so beautiful about the Holy Spirit because somebody over here needs a miracle in their body. Somebody over here has a broken heart. Somebody over here needs a financial breakthrough. But it doesn't matter because in the anointing, it's everything that you need. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Whew. No, the psalmist, he said, I, he didn't say I might be anointed with fresh oil. He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That's why when we come into the house of God on Sunday morning, it's not like just some little Christian thing that we're doing. No, we come with expectation. We come with hunger and desperation that I'm coming to receive. I don't care if anybody else misses everything. I will take theirs too. If you don't take it today, I'm going to take it. I'll tell you that right now. Thank you, Lord. So the anointing. In the Old Testament, they would anoint kings and priests and prophets. It, it says here in, uh, in uh, 1 Samuel 10 verse 1, it says, Then Samuel took the vial of oil and he poured it on Saul's head and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his heritage Israel? And then uh, in verse 6, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you will show yourself to be the prophet with them, and you will be turned into another man. Now think about that. I mean, that was the Old, Old Testament. When, when the anointing, when the Spirit of God came up upon Saul, it changed him. It turned him into another man. When, when the Holy Spirit came and anointed Jesus for his earthly ministry, it changed him and transformed him into another man. From that point on, the Bible says that he was driven into the, led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, but he came out of the wilderness full of the Spirit and power into Galilee. If Jesus, everything he did, he did by the anointing. From sunup to sundown, Jesus, he would preach, he would teach, but he didn't stop there. He would preach, teach, and then he would demonstrate what he preached and what he taught. And that's what we need right now. We need the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the demonstration of the power of God. We don't want dead religion. The world doesn't need dead religion. The world needs believers that are on fire, that are radical, that are filled with the Spirit of God, that are unashamed of the gospel, that are going to march through the land and take territory in Jesus' name. 1 Samuel 16, 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, uh, came upon uh, David mightily from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So we see that in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, the Bible says that we are the temple of the living God. 
And so this anointing has come to abide in us, to live in us by the Holy Spirit. That's why it says in, in 1 John 2.20, you have an unction or an anointing by the Holy One, and you know all things. That's why we're not led by what we see or how we feel. We're only led by what we believe. And the Bible says that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Can you say amen? amen. You have an anointing. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you've received as a gift from God? You are not your own. When, when the veil was torn in two, Jesus, he hung on the cross and he was nailed and he gave out his last breath and he says, It is finished. What happened? The veil from top to bottom was torn in two. And the Holy Spirit came out of that earthly tabernacle to come and live in your heart and my heart. Now we have the greater one on the inside of us, our counselor, our comforter, our guide, our intercessor, our standby, our defense attorney, your helper, the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, he's not just a language. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is Christ in you, the hope of all glory. That's who you're carrying right now. That's who's alive and active on the inside of you. Everywhere you go, not just here on a Sunday morning, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the greater one, Christ in you, the hope of all glory. Thank you, Jesus. So the word Christ means anointed one. And uh, it was in Antioch. Were Christians where they where they started calling the uh, the church Christians, and really it was meant as a derogatory uh, kind of slang or whatever. But you know it kind of backfired on them because it means Christian means mini Christ or Christ like or little Christ, Amen. So everything Jesus did, he did by the anointing. Everything the disciples did, they did by the anointing. It was uh, it was part of the Book of Acts ministry. And the Bible says in uh, Mark 16, verse 20, uh, 19 and 20, and they went forth and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the anointing, number one, causes you to excel in every area of your life. And that's what we need. And I'm not preaching to your head today. If you came to, to get some nice intellectual message, uh, I apologize. That's, I don't apologize, but that's not what I'm giving you. I'm preaching to your heart. You know, that, That's why Paul said, I didn't come to you with, the, with man's wisdom, but I came to you in the demonstration and power of the Spirit of God so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Amen. So that's, that's why we need the anointing in every area of our lives, because the anointing is what drives out the darkness. The, the, the light drives out darkness. Where, where light is, darkness can't be. And we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the city on the hill that is crying out to the lost, reaching out to bring them up to where we are. So the anointing changes everything. And, uh, you know, I just, I remember there's many times where it looks like all hell is breaking loose. But the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. 
What is that? That is us, the body of Christ. That is the greater one in you. So there can be many times it looks like all hell's breaking loose all around you. Things might not be, you know, perfect or whatever. But, you know, you can either decide that you're going to allow yourself just to go off this way or that way and just, hey, I'm going to go blow some steam. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that or whatever. Or you can look to the greater one on the inside of you. You can rise up in the anointing and the power and the spirit of God and say, no, in Jesus' name, I take authority over this thing. And, and I'm telling you, in the minute, see, the anointing is voice activated. So the minute you begin to open your mouth, and speak the word of the Lord. Not speak your opinion, not speak your feelings, but the moment you begin to open your mouth by faith and begin to speak the word of the Lord, boom, the anointing shows up. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we open our mouth to sing. Even even when you're saved, how, how are you saved? You're saved by grace through faith, but you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Well, it's, it's that way with every area of our lives and with our walk with the Lord. The anointing is voice activated. Faith is voice activated. God wants to hear from you. Many people are they're just waiting for God to do their job. But God has given you all power and all authority, all might and dominion in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Amen. Hallelujah. So the anointing will cause you to excel in every area of your life. The anointing. It's not just for a church service or for a ministry because people say, well, yeah, you're a minister. You can, you can operate in the anointing. No, that's not what this is about. You thank God for the fivefold ministry. You know, I operate in one of those gifts as an evangelist. But it says, doesn't say only the fivefold ministry will, will operate in the anointing. No, that's not. The, the Bible says that the fivefold ministry, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, the pastor, the apostle, that's for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. And you got to find out what your anointing is. See, it's the same anointing, but it's for many different purposes. And, and God has an anointing on your life to use you in your realm of influence and to the area that he's called you to. Can you say amen? amen? And you have to learn to hook up with that anointing. And when you hook up with that anointing, you'll begin to fly and go heights and soar heights that you've never soared before. Amen. So it's not just for a church service or a ministry. It's for every Area the, the anointing came on the prophet of God and he, and he outran horses, tw- uh, a chariot of horses, 20 miles. I mean, think about this. The anointing came on Samson. It, he took a jawbone of a donkey. This is just a man. There's a thousand Philistines, mighty men, mighty warriors. Samson, he takes the jawbone of a donkey, starts beating the tar out of a thousand Philistines right there. How did he do that? By the anointing. See, see Hollywood missed it. They, they think Avengers is something like super cool. They have nothing on Samson. It takes every Avenger to fight some weirdo. And then Samson, one man, took a jawbone of a donkey and beat the crap out of a thousand Philistines. How did he do that? By the anointing. The psalmist said, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. How? By the anointing. David, he took the lion, then he took the bear, then he took the giant. How did you do that? He was just a boy by the anointing. King Saul, he was tormented by demon spirits. He would call for the psalmist. And David would come and he would play the harp and he he would release the anointing into the atmosphere. And when he would release the anointing, those demon spirits that were tormenting Saul, they began to leave. 
Hallelujah. The anointings for your work, the anointings for your play, the anointings for your day-to-day. Though I know many of you work here at Club Pure over here. Let me tell you something. Those that work for, how many work for Club Pure that are here? Okay, quite a few of you. So let me tell you something. Whether you realize it or not, you have a ministry. You are actually in the ministry. Every day you are serving, you are giving of yourself, you're pouring out of yourself every day. Now you can do that every day in the flesh or you can decide, you know what, I'm going to show up today and I'm going to operate in the anointing and the power of God that these kids' lives are going to be radically touched, radically changed, radically transformed because you're raising up a whole new generation and you can't take that lightly or think it's something small because it's actually huge what God is doing here with this ministry. And it's only the beginning, I'm telling you. I say that by the Spirit of God. So the anointing's for your work, it's for your play, it's for your day-to-day. I remember I was preaching along these lines in New Mexico. And uh, it, we, had, we had three weeks of meetings at a church. And there's three churches that came together. And we're, we are, we're in the sanctuary one night. And as I'm ministering, there's a man sitting about... Uh, three quarters of the way back of the sanctuary. And uh, as he's sitting there and I'm preaching, I see the anointing come on this man. And uh, so I said, excuse me, sir, can I pray with you? And he's like, me? I said, yes, sir, you, can I pray with you? And so he stands up and he starts walking down the aisle. Well, he gets halfway down the aisle and the guy was like six foot, he was close to seven feet tall. I'm not, I'm not even kidding you biggest gnarly looking cowboy I've ever seen in my life. And I wanted to say, I almost caught myself saying, uh, I'm sorry, I meant the guy right over here. So he gets down to the front. And as soon as he gets down to the front, I reach my hand out and I touch his forehead. It looked like an NFL linebacker took this guy and just ran right through him and slammed him to the floor. And then he tried to get up because he didn't know what happened. His eyes were like going two different directions. And the usher's like, sir, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So the next day, the pastor calls me and he says, hey, can I have lunch with you? I need to meet with you. I said, okay. And so I go to lunch with the pastor and he says, hey, I got to tell you, when you called that guy up last night, I was standing over on the side and I was asking the Lord, what do I do? What do I do? I was like, oh, no, 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 not him. Not that guy. Please, please not. Anybody but that guy. He's like, I got to tell you something. Anything to do with the power of God, anything to do with the anointing or the spirit of God, speaking in tongues, laying on hands, anything with the move of God, this guy's given me more trouble than anybody in the entire town. He's left my church four times, but for whatever reason, he keeps coming back. So when I saw him coming down, I thought you were dead meat. He said, I went into emergency tongues. So I said, oh, that's awesome, Pastor. Thanks for telling me. 24 hours later, I almost died. And so, so that night, I show up to service. And uh, this, the, going into the building, it's like these two, two glass doors, right? So I get right up to the glass doors, and I'm about to open the door. All of a sudden, I look right inside the window. That man is standing dead center inside the double glass doors waiting for me. And so you know what I do? I went into emergency tongues. <laughs> so 
So I opened the door. I said, hey, sir, how are you doing? He says, hey, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. He's like, can you come over here? I said, sure. Uh, security. <laughs> so he shows me this picture on his phone. And uh, he says, you know, since I was a kid, it's been my dream. He's like, I'm an outfitter. I take people come from all over the world to come hunt with me. I have this huge, all this property out here in the mountains and everything. And uh, it's been my dream to, to catch a mountain lion. He's like, I've, I've hunted everything. I've caught everything you can imagine. But I never, uh, I never got a mountain lion. And since I was a kid, that was my dream. He's like, there's this cat. He lives up in the mountains behind me. For the last five years, I've tried to get him. I've had the dogs on him. I've had him, I've had him up in the mountains, cornered several times. But for whatever reason, I don't know how he does it. He gets away every time. He says, you know, after last night, I woke up this morning. He said, my neighbor called me. He said, hey, I saw that cat. You want to go get him? He says, sure, let's go get him. So he, 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 he's like, I'll get my dogs. So they got their dogs. He said, I kid you not, within 15 minutes, we had that sucker up in the tree. And here's the photo. And he showed me, this guy's almost seven feet tall. He's holding the thing, standing on his feet. The, the, the cat's chin, you know, head is up to his chin. And he says, you know what that showed me? He's like, this was the greatest desire of my heart. You know what God showed me after this when I was out there shooting this cat? God showed me that the power of God is real. And the anointing is for every area of your life. The anointing's not just for your work. The anointing's actually for your play. It's for your every day to day. The anointing will help you excel in every area of your life. You know, there's many, you, we have to, that's why you have to practice the presence of God. You know, there's many, many times, you know, I'll just be surfing. I'm a surfer. I love to surf. I don't get to do it that much but, um, anymore. But, uh, you know, when I'm surfing, though, just many times, I'll just be out there and just waiting for a set. And I'll just be talking to the Lord, sitting on my board. Lord, thank you for these beautiful waves. Thank you for these birds. Thank you for the trees. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Oh, Lord, I just worship you. You're so wonderful. And then all of a sudden, man, the presence of God will just envelop me, you know, overwhelm me. And just, you know, I'll just begin to, you know, pe people start paddling by and they're looking at me like I'm some kind of weirdo just talking to myself. And then they, they see the tears coming out of my eyes. And I just have to tell them, it's the salt. <laughs> it's your problem. Just the salt, man. <laughs> but no, it's like you practice the presence of God in your, in your, in your vehicle, in your, at your workplace, in your home. You make room for the anointing. And when you make room for the anointing, the anointing will make room for you. You know, we have to protect the anointing. When you protect the anointing, the anointing will protect you. What does that mean? That means that you just don't go. It's not do your own thing. Uh, whatever, you know, it's like we've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. And so we have to protect the anointing, the treasure that's on the inside of us. And when we protect that, that anointing will protect us. Can you say amen? amen. So the anointing is tangible. Everybody say tangible. tangible. I'm going to move through this really quickly. Here we go. So it's capable of being touched. It's like God's electricity. So, you know, the, the, there's electricity in those outlets. You can see them running along the wall. But it's not until you go plug into that socket that you receive any electricity from, from the source. And we have to stay plugged in to the source. Everybody say, stay plugged in. Stay plugged in. So there's good conductors and bad conductors. And you can have all the electricity in the wall that you want. But if you have a bad conductor, you're not going to get any, a connection. Can you say amen? Uh, we have to be good connectors. See, because God wants to pour in you so he can pour through you. And so I want, to be a good con con I want to be a good conductor so that the Spirit of God can freely flow through me. Everybody say, I want more anointing. I want more anointing. You want to know how you get more anointing? 
Start giving out what you've already received. I want more anointing. No, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. You want more anointing, start giving out what he's already placed in and on your life. Can you say amen? amen? So the anointing is tangible. The Bible says that even in the Old Testament, the priest couldn't even stand the minister because of the glory that filled the temple. The, the, the presence of God would come in, boom, just knock the priest right over. So the anointing is tangible. I can, my, my wife sometimes, I, you know, she, I can just hear her. She'll be pay, taking a shower. And she'll just be talking to the Lord, ministering to the Lord while she's showering. And then I'll just hear her start losing it, get hit with the joy. And then by the time she comes out of the shower, she's just a total mess. I mean, you know, she's like clean and everything, but she's like, a, she's just a total wreck. Like she's just been messed up by the Lord. Like it, and it's so awesome to see. Why? Because the, the anointing is tangible and you, we have to practice that. And, and make room for that and invite the presence of God into our homes, into our families, into our schools, into every area of our life. Can you say amen? amen. Number three, the anointing is transferable. Everybody say transferable. transferable. The anointing was transferred from Elijah to Elisha. And there, Elisha received a double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah's life. The anointing was transferred when, when Paul, they would take handkerchiefs. And they would come and place it on Paul's body. And as they would place those handkerchiefs on Paul's body, they would take them off of his body, and they'd go put them on sick people and, then, and people that were demonized. And when those handkerchiefs that were on Paul and were transferred to the sick or demonized people, the people would be healed or set free from their, from their demons. Was there something special about the handkerchief itself? No, but it was the tangible and transferable power and presence of God that was on those handkerchiefs. Can you say amen? The Bible says in, in 2 Kings, I, I think it is, but uh, there, there was a, a Israelites, and they were burying a man. Uh, but while they were burying a man, uh, they, they saw a band of raiders coming. And so they just took the man, and they threw the dead man on, in Elijah's tomb. But when the dead man hit Elijah's tomb, where hit Elijah's bones, the dead man came back to life. The anointing is transferable. It's for every area of your life. It says in Matthew 10, chapter 7, verse 8, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you, do you realize your hands are anointed? Look at your hands right now. Just go ahead and prophesy over your hands. Say, my hands are anointed. Say, my, my hands are my instruments for the supernatural. Amen. You think about the woman with the issue of blood. You know, the anointing was transferred from Jesus. When she pressed in and touched Jesus, she placed a demand on the anointing. And the anointing, or virtue, the Bible says, or the anointing came out of Jesus into her. And immediately, she could feel that she was made whole. And Jesus knew that somebody had touched him and placed a demand on the anointing. See, there was many people touching Jesus, but there was something different about this woman's touch. She placed a demand on the anointing. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So the anointing is tangible. The anointing is transferable. Number four, the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Now, the Bible says, I want to read this from the New International Version. This is powerful. Isaiah 10, 27. It says, in that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, 
and their yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing, and you have grown so fat. And somebody's like, well, I don't know if I want all that. I mean, no, the, the yoke will be destroyed because you have grown so fat. What does that mean? See, the more time you spend around the anointing, the more time you spend in the presence of God, the more you change, the more it changes you and transforms you. And so, so as you, you're, you're in your word and the word's coming to you and it's coming alive to you and the Holy Spirit's giving you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, he begins to breathe on you. Things begin to change on the inside of you. And so your, your faith starts to rise. See, that's why we need the word of God so that we can, faith can get built up in our hearts so that faith has somewhere to sit. Because without the word, see, it's our, it's, our, it's our compass to every area of our life. And so anyway, so as you start getting into the word and feeding on God's word and meditating on God's word and speaking his word and you develop a daily prayer life and then you're coming to church and you're coming to, to meetings and revival weekends and things like this, the more time you spend in the anointing, the more you change. You know, um, I'm reminded of there, uh, back in the day, in Bible times, in some places, maybe still on in, in the world today, but they would take oxes, they would tie them two by two, and they would they would work t- together side by side. But they had these yokes that were put around their neck that kept them bound together side by side, so that they could go about their work. And it was heavy, heavy labor. But as they would work, they would actually eat and tread out the grain. And so they would tread it out, but they were also eating every day this hard labor. So they begin to grow and grow and grow and get stronger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, it came a time where that yoke was around their neck. All of a sudden, it was just destroyed. And once that yoke was destroyed, it can never be put back on. See, that's what happens when the anointing comes upon you. the, The Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I see you getting flooded with abundant life this morning. I see the Spirit of God coming upon you with fresh oil in a fresh way. Hallelujah. So, they would... They would work and they would eat. So it's the same thing with your spiritual life. The more time you spend in the presence of God, it's like those things that the enemy brought to try to still kill and destroy your life, all of a sudden it was like, boom, there's a breakthrough and that thing is destroyed. The yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. If it was ever a time that we needed people, I'm talking about believers that were full of the anointing, full of the power of the Holy Ghost is today. People are depressed. They're broke. They're busted. They're disgusted. They have no hope. What they're going to go. You, you saw what happened the last several years. Medical science doesn't have the answers. Hey, we'll just put you on this medication. Oh, that one didn't work? We'll put you on this medication. No, it's the anointing. One touch, one encounter with the power and presence of God. And your life will never, ever be the same. Yeah, demons don't show up on an MRI. Demons don't show up on a CAT scan. Demons don't show up on x-rays. If there was ever a time that believers need to be anointed with Holy Ghost power, with signs, wonders, and miracles, it's now. Now is the greatest time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not going backwards. We are going from glory unto glory. 
Arise and shine. It's not time to sit back and shut up. No. It's time to take territory. He said, occupy until I come. Now, I'm not saying everything's a demon. I, I understand that. But, you know, if you think about Jesus' ministry, you know, two-thirds of every person he dealt with was demonized. What was Jesus' ministry? What did it consist of? Preaching the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. What should ministry look like today? Jesus gave us the model, and then he, he passed it on to the book of Acts church. You, do you realize the book of Acts is, is the only book in the New Testament that doesn't have an amen, so be it. There is no ending to the book of Acts. Why? Because we are the book of Acts. We are still writing the book of Acts today. I remember we were in Thailand. And uh, what time am I supposed to be done here? Oh, the, I, I like this church. I might come back. Somebody just was like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. <laughs> when is this guy going to be through? I, I remember I was in Thailand. Uh, my wife and I, we were in Thailand. And uh, we were out with some pastors. And, and we were having meetings at night and during the day. They said, hey, we want to take you out to this place and show you this mountain area or whatever. And it was this cave that this soccer team, they got stuck in. We want to we want to show you this place. I said, okay, I didn't know anything about it. They were like, yeah, it's national news or whatever. So, okay, let's go. So we were out there, and they, were, they began to tell us that they're, they're really struggling because of a persecution, because where their church is, it's in a, um, a Buddhist village. And so uh, as, as they were telling us about this, they said, yeah, actually, we've converted many people, but because of persecution, they've gone back to the B Buddhist village. And they said, we can't even have a Christian burial or anything in the village. We actually have to go way out to the other side of the city to go bury people because they won't allow us to do it here. So we had this family. They were on fire. They were serving God. They, we, we, you know, we, we gave them the gospel. They came to our church. They were really plugged in. They were some of our pillars. And then because of persecution, they actually went back and turned their backs on the Lord. And they went back to the Buddhist, uh, the, the monks, and they took their daughter and they, they blessed. They had the monks bless her daughter. Well, the next day after the monks blessed her, Basically, they, they did witchcraft and put a curse on her. She woke up. They found her outside banging her head into a brick wall trying to kill herself. And so uh, they said they tried everything. They took her to every doctor. She said they, she was just about to graduate college with honors. She was the, the, the highest honors uh, student. She's sharp, her whole life ahead of her. A sharp, very sharp young girl. All of a sudden, they just lost it. They don't know what happened. They tried all the doctors. The doctors uh, wrote her off clinically insane. So they have to keep an eye on her 24-7, and they are telling me the story, and it irritated me so bad. I said, can we go see her? They're like, who? I'm like, the girl that you're just talking to? The girl you're just telling me about? They're like, um, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, when do, we, when, when do you want to go? I said, I want to go now. Let's go now. They said, well, okay, well, let's call the parents. Okay. So they called the parents, and uh, they said, come. And so we went. I walk into this place. We go out, drive out to this village. It was like uh, rice paddies and things like that. And uh, when I drive out there, I walk into the house. I kid you not. It's like 120 degrees in the house, no AC. It's like brutal, gnarly hot. And it's just like the darkest of darkest places like I've ever walked into before. It's just such a nasty spirit in the place. And, um, and so I walk into the girl's bedroom, my wife and I, and she's sitting under the... Um, 
covers. And she has like three blankets on top of her. And she looks ghost. I mean, she doesn't even look like she's alive. She looks dead. She looks like a corpse. She has no color in her face or anything. And I, it irritated me so bad. So immediately, I just began to preach to this girl. And all of a sudden, while I'm preaching, I see her light, her, her eyes start lighting up, and color starts coming back into her body. And so I, so I ended up telling her, I said, you can stay here, and you can lie here, and you will die in this bed. Or you can grab a hold of the word of the Lord. I had a translator, of course. I said, or you can grab a hold of the Lord, word of the Lord today, and Jesus will come, and he will raise you up out of this bed right now. It's your choice. I said, do you want to receive Jesus, and you're going to serve him all the days of your life, or are you going to spend the rest of your life in this bed? And go into a lost eternity. She looked at her mom and asked her mom. She says, is it okay if I, if I pray with the, with the pastor? Her mom says, sure, it's up to you. It's your choice. So she prays with me. And then, so, then I, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, you need to receive this power. You want to receive this power? She says, yeah. My wife and I laid hands on her. She gets filled with the Holy Ghost right there. She jumps out of bed. Just her life comes back in her, jumps out of bed. She's standing there just dancing with. My wife says, what, what, what's that necklace around your neck? What's that necklace around your, your wrist or that bracelet around your wrist? She said, the, the monks, they gave this to me when they blessed me. My wife said, cut that off. She said, don't ever put that back on. I'm telling you, that girl came outside for the first time in three weeks. She was running around the yard playing with her dog, full of joy. Full, what? <clears throat> No, that, that's the life. See, I'm, I, don't, I don't do those kinds of missions because I'm a preacher. I do those kinds of missions because I'm a believer. Amen. You know, Stephen was a deacon. Stephen was a deacon. He was an usher in the, in the Book of Acts church. And he operated in signs, wonders, and miracles. If there was ever a time, people have no hope. Who, where are they going to turn to? Where are they going to go? I'm telling you, people are more open to the gospel right now than ever in my entire lifetime. Not just here. Everywhere we go, I see it. You can say, well, that, that sounds good. No, I, I, I go. we travel to every state. Everywhere I go, people are desperate. They're hurting. They're depressed. They're, they're, they're full of anxiety and fear. They don't know how they're going to make it. They don't know what's going to happen. Why? Their trust is in what the eye can see. They have no hope. Who's going to set the captives free? If we don't go, if the body of Christ does not rise up and take their place in this hour, then it's over. But we are the restraining force on the earth. We are his mouth. We are his hands. We are his feet. So I, I get a call two days later from that, those pastors. They said, you're not going to believe this. I said, try me. She says, well, we got a call from that family. I said, okay. They said, well, they took her to the doctor, and everybody was freaking out. They don't know what happened. They said, we don't know what happened, but she's totally normal. She got, she, she's got her mind back. So, so the, doctor, the doctor went. And, and sent the, that information over to the college. The college called her and said, come get your diploma. We're going to graduate you with honors. Yeah. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. That's why the Bible says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me close with this. The anointing 
brings joy, liberty, and freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's joy, there's freedom. The Bible says that in His presence, there's fullness of joy. At His right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. The anointing lifts you. If the anointing on my life causes me to treat my, my wife like junk, I don't have an anointing. I have a mental problem. The anointing should benefit everybody around you. The anointing lifts people. The anointing will carry you. The anointing will move you. The anointing will propel you into God's plan and purpose for your life. Hallelujah. You know, when faith comes in contact with the anointing, the supernatural happens. When I lay my hands on somebody, I believe with all my heart. Why? Because I'm a, an anointed man of God. It has nothing to do with that. I believe with all my heart that something supernatural is about to happen. That somebody is going to receive a miracle the moment hands are laid upon them. That the anointing on my life is going to be transferred into that individual. That's the life of the believer. You know, everywhere I went, when I was, I worked in the, before I was in ministry, I was in the corporate world. I, I, I worked a job. Multi-million dollar company. I'd have revival in my office. These businessmen would come into my office. The power of God would, would hit them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have to make room for the anointing. We have to make room for the presence of God. We can't get into a hurry. We can't just have casual Christianity, come in on Sunday morning like some good little Christians, then go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just, just totally dead, and then come back to, for Sunday to get filled up. No, that's not what it's about. This is every day, 24-7, the fire of God in you, burning in you, the Spirit of God, fresh oil coming upon you, being poured into you so that you can go pour out to a lost and dying world. You opened up my eyes to so much more I saw the ceiling shatter The moment you came down and hit the floor My failure didn't matter You, you made it possible, possible You, you made it wonder more than wonderful You, show me all the wild things that I